why most children quit organised sports by the age of 13. Imagine a country where no one played sport. Well, already 40% of kids in Australia don't play sport. The following three reasons may be why. One, parental pressure. Two, bad sportsmanship. Three, technology. The Australian government con conducted an extensive survey about children playing organised sports. In terms of children's participation frequency in 2017, 63% of children participate in organised sport at least one per, once per week. Now it's 40%. First reason is parent pressure. This means children get pressure to be better than they are by their parents. The parents focuses on winning and not the children's enjoyment. It's unnecessary to display this attitude to their children. Sport is about fun, fitness and friends. It is not about being the best, it's about trying the best. Trying your best. Bad sportsmanship also comes in many forms. It could be abusing someone on the other team or even abusing someone on your own team. Sport should be a positive experience, not negative. It's supposed to be fun and enjoyable for children. The negative experience of bad sportsmanship takes away from the enjoyment of playing sport. Bad sportsmanship is just one of the reasons why children drop out of sport before the age of 13. Finally, sport is competing with many other activities. One of these activities is technology. The attraction and possible addiction to technology, for example computers, iPads, Xbox, etc, is taking children away from sport. In days gone by, children pick up a footy or cricket bat and go play. But today technology is seen as being more fun than sports. I strongly believe these are the reasons why children have quit organised sport by the age of 13. Would you want to be one of these children? If I was one of these children, I'd be disappointed to miss out on the benefits and opportunities that come with playing sport. Thank you for listening to my speech. How would you like it if you were sleeping on a cold, wet and hard floor every night? Now think, think about laying on that cold and hard floor with your stomach cramping from hunger. It's not very fun, is it? Well, that's what people with no homes and barely any money have to deal with every night. Today, I'm going to give you some information about what homeless people have to deal with and why we should be doing all that we can to help them. The reason for homelessness is very broad and complicated. Firstly, many of the homeless people we see have a mental illness. The second reason is that a, following, a growing group of homeless people are older women and children. And finally, even if the homeless per person we see is addicted to drugs or alcohol, isn't it our job as fellow human beings to at least provide them with a place to sleep that is safe and warm? Firstly, People with a mental illness are more at risk of homelessness. Statistics from a study by the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare found that 31% of homeless people experience a mental health issue. We need to understand that they need our help. Just giving them money is not enough. Instead, we need to provide them with a safe place to sleep, food and water and the medical care that they require. Did you know that women over 55 years of age are now the fastest growing group of homeless people in Australia. So how is this possible? For some women who come from dis of disadvantaged backgrounds, homelessness is the only option they have if they are affected by a marriage breakdown. 
but it is not only women that are in this cycle. 17% of homeless people are children under 12 years of age. That is our age. The impact of being homeless affects their long-term future. There are they are at an increased risk of poor mental and physical health, disrupted education, and a lack of future opportunities. Finally, aside from showing you that the stereotypes of homelessness are not accurate, and that for many people homelessness is not a choice, isn't it our duty as fellow human beings to do more than what we are? Part of our school values is developing an inclusive community. Inclusivity is for everyone, especially for those who need it the most. As the next generation, we can become part of the solution to reduce the number of homeless people. We are letting down a large group of people by not doing enough to provide support to homeless people. These people are being let down by the community. Unfortunately, not everyone has the same privilege as we do. Mental health and social, and social disadvantage lead some people to the desperate situation of sleeping rough. We need to make sure that our government is doing as much as possible to set up systems that help people before they reach the stage of sleeping outside or in their car. We need to understand why people become homeless and not resort to stereotypes. And finally, we, as the next generation, need to start making the changes that will improve the lives of these people. Thank you for listening. Eating disorders. What are eating disorders? Eating disorders are a mental health disease, illness that display abnormal amounts of obsession with food. Eating and body image is a very serious mental illness that takes full control over people's lives. Different types of eating disorders. There are many different types of eating disorders and anyone can be affected. Anorexia, binge eating disorder, bulimia, pica, orthorexia, avoidant restricted intake disorder, rumination disorder, and many more. Symptoms of eating disorder. There are a lot of different symptoms and warning signs of eating disorders. Obsession with food, obsession with body weight and or shape, excessive exercise, denial of hunger or refusal to eat, engaging in, um, in strict food rules, weight control and trying different diets, ideas around what type of food are good and bad. Who can get eating disorders? Anyone can get an eating disorder. Most eating disorders are common in females rather than in males. Females in their teens are more likely to develop an eating disorder, but there are many males that are affected as well. Statistics show that one in every four males are diagnosed with anorexia in their teen years. Today I'll be focusing on one of the eating disorders, anorexia. Anorexia is an emotional disorder that has been obsessed desire to lose weight by restricting food intakes. Causes of anorexia include previous tra trauma, loss of control in life, genetics, body shaming. Complications include loss of muscle, heart problems, hair falling out. Treatment for eating disorders. The first goal is if you're underweight, is to get back to a healthy weight for you. Without doing this recovery can be very hard as you need a level of nutrition to be able to function. Getting help from a medical professional who can supervise you and help you along. Going to inpatient treatments or hospitals for when you're medically unstable or need extra help. Use of medication to help with the thoughts around food and or body image. 
Support from medical professionals and family and friends. Myth about eating disorders. Eating disorders are a choice. Wrong. There are many factors that contribute to why many develops an eating disorder. People with eating disorders are underweight. Wrong. EDs don't have a certain look. Eating disorders can only happen to girls. Wrong. Any gender can develop an eating disorder. People can't fully recover from an eating disorder. Wrong. You can gain back things that eating disorders have taken from you and restore a happy life, but it's hard to fully get rid of the thoughts that occur. Thank you for listening to my presentation. Good morning everyone. Today I'm going to talk about poverty in Australia. I will include examples of poverty here in Australia, what areas and who it often affects, statistical evidence to justify my conclusions and the means of fixing the problem. What is poverty in Australia? Here is what the government considers a person or family to live in poverty in Australia. Number one, a single adult on less than $433 a week before housing costs. Number two, a couple with two children living on less than $909 a week before housing costs. Housing costs are what you pay entitled to bank or rent. Poverty across Australia varies from state to state from approximately 12% in Tasmania to 14% in New South Wales with an overall average of 13% across the country. Overall, 3 million people in Australia live in poverty. Here are some examples of what poverty is in Australia. Inadequate access to clean and safe drinking water and nutritious food. Many people around the world do not have access to clean, safe drinking water or the right foods. This is due to many things including poor wages or living in communities with poor health. This also occurs in Australia in particular outback Aboriginal communities. Sometimes local water can be affected by chemicals from mines and factories. These can include heavy metals like lead when drunk can affect children's brains and development. Little or no access to livelihoods or jobs. Some communities have limited chance of obtaining a good job when they do leave school. This is sometimes a result of where they live or poor education. Poverty looks different across the world, but it still does exist in Australia. Although we enjoy relatively high living standard, it exists right here on our shores and affects many Australians. Conflict and relationship poverty. Relationship poverty is where there is a breakdown in the family structure. An example of that is where their parents have a fight and get angry at each other. It's then hard to live with each other and manage looking after their child or children. They separate, which creates a strain on finance and incomes. The child is sometimes not wanted by their parents and is forced to live between parents and other family members. Inequality. Sometimes some communities, such as Aboriginal communities, may not have the same opportunities that other groups in Australia do. This can be because of isolation and opportunities to get good medical treatment. Poverty in rural areas and Aboriginal inequality. There is more Indigenous than non-Indigenous people who live in rural communities. In fact, 20% of Indigenous people live in rural areas versus less than 2% of non-Indigenous people. There is far less resources, medical facilities and access to work nets and higher education in these areas. 
therefore, poverty can be attributed to these issues in areas. Poor education. Sometimes due to poverty, the child hasn't the means of benefit from a good education. They may struggle to find a good place to study at home or even come to school hungry with little sleep and find it hard to concentrate. Education can open up doors to jobs, resources and skills, but many people don't have that opportunity. Some kids don't have the ability to have a uniform, lunch and school resources, which means they cannot complete their education. Some of these impacts on education can affect job inquiries. All these reasons for poverty are bad and people are becoming poorer and poorer. Some people say that they are poor because of lack of education, but that is not always the case. Some of these reasons can be because of their environment and dangerous people in the community. In conclusion, poverty weakens families. The virus reduces poverty is by education. Greater spending on education can enable high-skilled workforce. We need bigger funding nets such as food and work nets, for example, construction of major works such as canal from the Ord Dam in the north all the way down to the coast to Perth. This will provide irrigation to inland and coastal farming communities and greatly increase jobs. How to reduce poverty in Australia? Number one, increase access to education. We should continue to provide all Australians with good education. Number two, improve food and water in communities that are struggling. We should not give the money straight to the community. It should be done in other forms such as packaged food. Number three, provide people in poverty with free food. The government contributes costs to the building of factories. Number four, provide people in poverty with better working places by setting up factories where they live. Number five, make people in poverty happy and proud about themselves. That concludes my talk today. Thank you.